the very heart of the liturgy for Catholics is Holy Week. It is the liturgical commemoration beginning with Palm Sunday and then moving in to Maundy Thursday, the institution of the Holy Eucharist, the betrayal, and then moving into the crucifixion and death of our Lord for our atonement and redemption on Good Friday, and then climaxing of the whole year on the Paschal Vigil, Holy Saturday. Historically, the time of baptisms, confirmation, reconciliation of penitents, the entire liturgical year hinges on this day. And we just learned, maybe some bad news, we're going to read the actual document today, that Pope Francis and his vicar in Rome at the Vicariate have said, it seems, I'm going to read it, read English to you, that the holy sacrifice of the Mass can be said with approval in accordance with the Moda Proprio Traditionis Custodis in Rome according to the 1962 books. But it seems that the other six sacraments, it seems, may not be celebrated according to the traditional liturgy. And it even says confession, the sacrament of penance. Moreover, the Triduum, that is the three holy days of Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, the Paschal Vigil, may not be celebrated in accordance with the old liturgy. This is monumental because the oldest section of the Roman Rite is Triduum, is Holy Week. That is the most ancient thing we have. If you did liturgical archaeology, and went down layer under layer under layer as you would excavate a site. Holy Week is the deepest spot in that architectural or archaeological inspection. So today I'm going to read this letter. I'm going to make some comments. And if the way this is being read by most people is legit, if the literal meaning is legit, this is a major smack to what is going on in liturgy for traditionalists in Rome. And what happens in Rome, all, road, all, all roads lead to Rome. My tongue is tight today. Maybe I need to do some loosening. If all roads lead to Rome, they also lead out of Rome. So all these modernists and these liberals and, you know, Archbishop so-and-so and Cardinal so-and-so in this big city, they can say, well... We're just following the pattern of Rome here, guys. You can't have Triduum. You can't have the other six sacraments in the traditional rite. And this begins the dominoes to fall. All right. Well, infidelity to our Roman rite, our Roman patrimony as Roman Catholics. I haven't forgot you Eastern people, but I'm just not as good as good at Aramaic or Greek. I have done the Greek on here. But, since we're talking about Rome today, our Roman patrimony, we are going to pray. Not recite, not say. We are going to pray the Our Father in Latin. The Pater Noster, Oremus. In nomine Patris, et Fidei, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Celi, sanctificetur nomen Tuum, advenia regnum Tuum, fiat voluntas Tua, sicut in Cielo, et in Terra. Panam Nostrum, quotidianum da nobis odie, 
et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, se libera nos malo. Amen. Nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. All right, well, let's jump into this. You know, my favorite part of the liturgical year, of being Catholic, I love Lent. Lent is a time where I reassess my life. It's where I go to confession more. I go on a retreat if possible. Uh, there's more fasting. There's more penance. I strip out a lot of the luxuries that we enjoy in my life. I reduce social media. And it's kind of just this, you know, all these dopamine hits that you get through all these things in life that kind of gets paused. And it's a time to focus on the Lord. And the whole thing culminates. There's a liturgical climax at Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday Vigil. It's just perfect. So to see Pope Francis in his pontificate, and with his party of leaders in Rome, perhaps attacking that, cutting it away, being the example for the whole world of the traditional Holy Week, it's a punch in my gut. It hurts. It hurts. Now, what does the letter say? I'm going to be reading the English for you, and I'd like to thank, as I have before, the great Diane Montagna, for um, bringing about this English translation. So I'll be reading her English translation. Translation. So thank you, Diane. And uh, here's the Italian original right here. You can see it's from the Vicariate of the Diocese of Rome. So basically this document is explaining restrictions or policies that will apply only in the Diocese of Rome. But as I said, all roads lead out of Rome this will have an echo effect or a domino effect in dioceses all over the world. So what exactly is this document saying? Let's read it. It's short. It's a little over one page. And here we go. By the way, if you want to follow along, you can look at Diane's tweet that I just showed, and you can see the English that she provided. She provided the original Italian and the English. But here we go with the English. The Diocese of Rome, accepting the provisions... Oh, and this is written by Cardinal de Donatus. Cardinal de Donatus, I believe he was the first man appointed vicar of Rome without first being a cardinal, but he is a cardinal now, I believe. Here is a picture of Cardinal de Donatus. This is the author. That's him in the circle, in the purple circle. That's Cardinal de Donatus. So, the document. The Diocese of Rome, accepting the provisions of the Apostolic Letter issued in the motu proprio by the Holy Father Francis, Traditionis Custodis, on July 16, 2021. Man, has it been that long? Intends with his pastoral letter to continue the work of facilitating the ecclesial communion of those Catholics who feel attached to some earlier liturgical forms. Okay. I don't just feel attached to them. I am attached to them. Do you understand the difference? I attend the Latin Mass not because it feels good. And it's not like an attachment. It is a conviction all the way into the bones, all the way into the heart. Continuing the document. 
To this end, it seems fitting to continue to exercise a lively pastoral charity towards the faithful who do not deny the validity and the legitimacy of the liturgical form, the dictates of the Second Vatican Council, and the magisterium of the supreme pontiffs. That's a quote, by the way, from Traditions Custodis. And who nevertheless wish to participate in the celebration of the Eucharist according to the Missale Romanum of 1962. For the spiritual good of the faithful, it is appropriate to offer precise guidelines for the implementation of the motu proprio. Time out, pause. Now, you'll notice that in Traditionos Custodis, and amongst the modernists and the semi-modernists, and even in this document, the idea that people like you and me, the idea that we want to attend the traditional Latin Mass, is being cast as a personal preference. All right, so it's like, when you go out to eat, would you like the chicken or the beef? Oh, I'm kind of more in the mood of beef. Or I'm a beef guy, you know, or no, I like, I like things with a little less fat. I'm a chicken person. I like the poultry. That's how it's being cast. Now, we all know, and they know, and we know, that an attachment to the traditional Latin Mass, wanting to receive the seven sacraments according to the traditional norms, and worshiping at Triduum, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, according to the traditional ancient Roman rite, all of that is not just a preference like, do you like beef or chicken tonight? It's actually theological. Now, there are some traditionalists who would disagree with me on this, but I think most traditionalists that you meet actually do believe that the Novus Ordo Mass, even said in the most reverent, unicorn way possible, compared to the traditional Latin Mass, is different. And, there'd be a little bit of a spectrum here. Some would say, has theological distinctions that are different. Other people, moving along the spectrum here, would say, and I'm not talking about autism, I'm talking about theological spectrum, understanding the Mass and Vatican II, would say, no, there's actually different theology in the Novus Ordo compared to the traditional Latin Mass. And some would even say that the Novus Ordo Mass, the Mass of 1969-1970, actually damages the Catholic faith. It implicitly teaches that the Mass is not a sacrifice, that community is above the sacrifice, um, it lessens conviction that the Eucharist is the body of Christ and that the blood in the chalice truly is the blood of Christ and that only a priest can offer this sacrifice, a ministerial priest, and only a ministerial priest can, ad can communicate and give and administer these sacraments. Is that a different theology? And then the big question is, if it's not a different theology... Why do the modernists and the semi-modernists constantly insist that we can't use the old liturgy? You see, the unspoken thing in the middle of the battlefield is they know that the Novus Ordo liturgy and the new liturgy for the seven sacraments is different than the old one. And we, on the traditional side, know that the traditional mass and the traditional seven sacraments are different than the Novus Ordo and the other six sacraments. 
Now, when I say different, I'm not one that holds that the Novus Ordo is invalid. I'm not saying that. Wherever there is proper form and proper matter and proper intent, there is a valid sacrament. That's just basic Catholic teaching. But if you saw the documentary Mass of Ages, one of the things I explain in there is you can have a diamond, that's the Eucharistic sacrifice in the real presence, but a jeweler who's skilled can create a ring and create a setting to showcase that diamond that actually makes it have more light in it, more sparkle. You can appreciate it better. You can see the diamond. I mean, you could just sort of wrap tinfoil around the diamond onto your finger. That would, I mean, it's still a real diamond. It still has inherent value. It's good. But if you had a master jeweler who'd been doing this for decades, he could craft a setting so that light comes through it, the way it pops up off the ring, all these things. You women know what I'm talking about that makes that diamond sparkle. And as a traditionalist, there's the diamond, there's the real presence in the Eucharistic sacrifice, but that setting that was molded over 1,900 plus years in the Roman rite really allowed that diamond to sparkle. And now we're being told that all these crazy liturgies of all these variations that began in 1970 that they're equal to that and i i'm sorry i can't agree with that and i don't mean to offend anyone but if you look at the loss of faith in the real presence and in the sacrifice of the mass the mass as sacrifice since 1970 it's just a drop off it's a waterfall and that's because people were being habituated to think differently about the eucharist about the eucharistic sacrifice about the real presence and about how you receive communion and whether you can receive communion in mortal sin or not. All of these things are built in to the old mass. All right, it goes on here. Moreover, all priests, diocesan, or religious who wish to continue to enjoy the faculty of celebrating according to the Missali Romanum of 1962 in the territory of the Diocese of Rome must first be authorized in writing by the diocesan bishop. And that also comes from Traditionis Custodis. My question here, and I don't know the answer. If you do know the answer, please leave a comment below here on YouTube or reach out to me or tell me on Twitter. Does this mean that if a priest is visiting Rome and he's going to say a private mass, does he also need that permission slip? Does he need the hall pass to do that? The next paragraph is long and technical. It basically says that um, he is appointing an appointee pro tempore, pro tempore to take care and oversee the implementation of Traditionis Custodis in Rome. And if I read this correctly in the English and in the Italian, he says here, as well as the personal and spiritual care of these people, he it looks like he's appointed to the parish priest of Santissima Trinita dei Pellegrini. Now, that's the church of the Fraternity of St. Peter in Rome. It is a gorgeous church. It has become, over the years, when I go to Rome, my favorite church. I used to love St. Peter's. I love St. Peter's still. But I got to say, the current pontificate has soured St. Peter's for me a little bit. So when I'm in Rome, the places I like to be are Santa Maria Maggiore, St. Mary Major, over by the Lateran, and I really like the chapel of St. Pius V. 
I've been to Latin Mass there a couple times, I think. Awesome. The other place that I love is Trinita, which is the fraternity parish in Rome. Let me see if I have a picture here. Yep, you're going to love it. Look at that. That's the high altar. Just gorgeous. And you have the most holy trinity. You have God the Father at the top. And then below you have God the Son crucified for our salvation. In between the two, proceeding from the Father and the Son, is the Holy Ghost. You can see the white dove there sort of on the chest of God the Father. Truly glorious, glorious candlesticks, relics. Everything is just legit at Trinita in Rome. And what's great about Trinita in Rome is if you go there during the week, and especially on Sunday, it's a who's who. You see all kind of trads from all over the world. You see uh, journalists and writers and all kinds of people. So if you ever get to Rome, make sure you go to Trinita. So he's appointing the parish priest here. Does that mean pastor? I'm assuming so. To be the aforementioned appointee. Now, here's some of the meat and potatoes of it. In view of the above, I hereby stipulate that the Diocese of Liturgical Office of the Vicariate of Rome assume the office of, of appointee pro tempore for the implementation of the motu proprio traditionis custodis. Coming to some necessary specific determinations, I further stipulate the following here are the bullet points, folks. All requests specifically related to Article 3 of the motu proprio must explicitly mention the church or oratory in which one would intend to celebrate. Bullet point number two. Every day except Easter Triduum, the faithful may participate in the celebration of the Eucharist according to the Messiah Romano of 1962 in the parish of Santissima Trinita dei, dei Pellegrini. So they're restricting the faithful to having Latin Mass only with the fraternity of St. Peter, it seems, seems, at Trinita, the fraternity parish. Bullet point three. The churches of St. Dominic and St. Sixtus, St. Celsus and St. Julian. I believe St. Celsus and St. Julian is where the Institute of Christ the King are at. So that makes sense. St. Joseph at Capo La Case and St. Anne at the Lateran. The faithful may participate in the celebration of the Eucharist according to the Messiah Romanum of 1962 to be celebrated at the time upon with the rector of the church and with the appointee mentioned above, possibly also on Sundays and feast days of obligation, excluding the Easter Triduum, once again stating it. Bullet point four. The reading will always be proclaimed in Italian according to the Italian Episcopal Conference. This is controversial too because... The epistle and the gospel should always be in Latin because it's part of the oblation, it's part of the sacrifice. When a subdeacon is ordained a subdeacon in the old rite, he is told by the bishop to read the epistle for the living and the dead. In other words, it's propitiatory, or sorry, it's expiatory, and it is an oblation. Same thing with the deacon. When the deacon is ordained, the bishop says, read the gospel for the living and the dead. In other words, when he's doing the gospel, it's not just so people can hear the Bible. We have Bibles at home today. He's doing it for the living and the dead. In other words, there is a expiation for souls in purgatory and for people on earth right now. And then it signs off, trusting in the confident acceptance by all of what I have disposed. I bless you with affection and accompany you with my prayers. Angelo Cardinal de Donatus. Now, there's one thing that I didn't read. I must have skipped one of the paragraphs because 
Um, it has to do with the sacraments. Oh, yes, I, I skipped the uh, last line in the third paragraph. My bad. Let me go back and read it. And actually, it kind of works out well for rhetorical effect because this is a big deal. So, the one, one sentence I didn't read to you is this. The, and therefore, it is no longer possible to use the Roman ritual and the other liturgical books of the ancient rite for the celebration of sacraments and sacramentals. For example, not even the ritual for the reconciliation of penance, according to the ancient form. The use of the other ordinates, therefore, is currently expressly forbidden, and only the use of the Messiah Romanum of 1962 remains permitted, end quote. So not only are we seeing you need every precinct's permission, you have to denote the actual church where you're going to be saying the Latin Mass. You cannot say the triduum of the old rite. The faithful are restricted to the Church of Trinita by the Fraternity of St. Peter. Here we see that the other six sacraments, and they even say sacrament of reconciliation of penitence, penance, cannot be administered according to the old liturgical books of the ancient rite, with ancient rite in the scare quotes. So this is a big deal. What does this mean if this extends to all of planet Earth? Well, it would mean that when you go to Maundy Thursday, Good Friday and Holy Saturday, it's going to be Novus Ordo. Deal with it. What else does this mean? Oh, you want to be married? You, you ladies, you, you young ladies, you want to have a traditional Catholic wedding? Too bad. You got to have Novus Ordo wedding. When you go to confession, instead of getting the old formula, which is better, I've never done a show on it. I need to do a show on why it's better. You get the Novus Ordo formula. Extreme unction when you're dying. Instead of getting the traditional extreme unction, you get the Novus Ordo extreme. And on and on and on. So basically what we get here is the phenomenon of what we call rent-a-mass. What, what do you mean? What's rent-a-mass? Rent-a-mass is the idea that the traditionalists can kind of rent their TLM. So they can come into the parishes or maybe we'll give them a parish in a diocese. And then they can have daily mass because not that many people go to daily Mass. And they can have Mass on Sunday. But when it comes to everything else, like the currency of the diocese, everything is Novus Ordo. So in a way, you're kind of just renting out a little space for tradition, but you have to pay homage in every other way to the Novus Ordo landscape. So you get to go, you, you know, you homeschool mom, you can go to traditional Latin Mass every day, except for Triduum. You got to go to Novus Ordo down at the cathedral for that, maybe. But when your son, Thomas, wants to get confirmed, oh, well, you can't get confirmed in the traditional way, the way people have been getting it for centuries. You got to get confirmed in the Novus Ordo way and go to a Novus Ordo Mass to go through the Novus Ordo rite for the Novus Ordo confirmation. Same thing with confession. Oh, you want to get married here on uh, Saturday in eight months on Saturday here at this church? Well, 
we're not allowed to use the 1962 books anymore. So we're going to have to give you a Novus Ordo wedding. That's what this seems to mean. Now, it might be the case, and I hope it is the case, that this is a sloppy, rushed, misunderstood implementation of traditions custodis. In other words, you might think there are certain people, certain traditionalists out there who say, you know, I think Francis is kind of still of goodwill. I think I think we just we just comply and we jump every single hoop. And if we jump enough hoops for Francis and people involved in what was formerly known the Sankala Mafia, if we jump enough hoops, they're going to let us have the traditional Latin Mass. So if we jump 40 hoops and they say, well, there's three more hoops here that we jump the three hoops and we're constantly jumping hoops to keep what we want, which is our traditional Latin Mass. The hard thing about that is just, this is sort of like negotiating with the terrorists. Like the more you negotiate and the more you offer the terrorist, the more bold the terrorist gets and he asks for more stuff. And then you have to offer and meet those things and it's just sort of a snowball. That's kind of where we are right now. There hasn't yet been a showdown. I guess you could say that 1988 with Lefebvre was a showdown. But since then, there hasn't been any real showdowns. Here's the problem with that. Is Traditions Custodes happened? There wasn't a, there was a lot of complaining and a lot of, oh my goodness, I can't believe Francis is doing that. But there wasn't a lot of, got to be careful because people are going to criticize me. There wasn't a lot of resistance. And remember, resistance can be pious and good. Like, for example, when Paul resisted Peter to his face in Galatians chapter 2. There wasn't much pushback. And again, I believe as a Roman Catholic that we have to be submitted to the Apostolic See, which is the Diocese of Rome, and we must be submitted to the Supreme Pontiff, the Pope. That is all true. We must be submitted. But that submission, which of course always has to do with believing the one true faith and the one true morals, faith and morals, ex cathedra, infallible, Vatican I, all the way. And then we also have what theologians call our religious assent. So even in things that are not dogmatic or moral, um, if they're not contrary to dogma or morals, we should do them. Right? This trad question is a little bit gray because are we talking about just customs? Or are we also talking about faith and morals? And that that right there, people, if you watch the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast, what I just said right there pretty much explains everything wrong with the traditional community and everything confusing about traditionals and all. If there's any fighting or confusing amongst traditionals, that what I said right there is why. Because... There is great confusion amongst us. And even in my own mind, over the past 11 years, I have changed. I have evolved on this topic. And that is, when we're talking about traditionalism, 
the traditional Roman rite. I'm just talking about being a Catholic. Are we talking about just liturgy or are we also talking about dogma, doctrine, morals, things like that? Because if we're not talking about dogma, doctrine, morals at all, we should probably all snap right over and put Pachamamas in our church and do Novus Ordo and just give up this whole thing. Just have full religious assent. But if we're not willing to do that, we have to ask our question, well, is there in, in this recipe, are we sensing a compromise or a denial of anything that has to do with faith and morals? Dogma. Because if there is, then there is the justification for resistance. Humble resistance, filial resistance, charitable resistance. But there is now in that recipe, and this is in the tradition, Thomas Aquinas talks about it. St. Paul performed this resistance to Peter. And that's really, I mean, if you read, if you read my book, Infiltration, the very end, I offer a solution on how we overcome this problem. And I talk about different other solutions that people propose, and I go through each one on why I don't follow that solution, like the Eastern Orthodox solution or the Evangelical solution, or the Protestant uh, solution. And I talk about why we do have a justified, humble, filial resistance on these matters. And I think this right here just raises the stakes again. I think they are emboldened. I mean, Francis and his friends, Francis and friends, they are emboldened to continue to raise the stakes. It's kind of like, you know, trying to get to call someone's bluff. They just keep raising it. You know, it's like, okay, well, we did Traditions Custodes. We took away um, Sumorum Pontificum. Novus priest all over the world no longer can just say the Latin Mass. Especially if they're ordained after a certain date. You need all these permissions. You need the hall pass. You need the kitchen pass. You need the super faculties, all that. And now they're saying, well, now not the other six sacraments. And now not Triduum. And now vernacular, epistle, and gospel. And you see what's going to happen next. I'm going to tell you. Y'all want to know? I'm not a prophet or a seer, but I kind of follow the game enough. The next thing is going to be, well, you have to have altar girls and you have to have communion on the hand. What else do you think is next? Leave a comment. If you're in the live feed, let me know. What else is next? Because all of these things, you know, whether each document is compromised or misunderstood or implemented poorly, all of these things are like you know, when you look at a graph and you see dot points, data points, if you connect the dots, all the dots show a steady, calculated attack on traditional Catholics. Whether it has to do with media presence, whether it has to do with traditional seminaries, whether it has to do with traditional bishops, what well, has to do with traditional societies, institutes, nuns, like the Carmelite nuns here in the United States. All of these things, if you take the data points 
and you connect the dots, you see the shape of the thing. So I am totally open to people saying, man, Taylor Marshall read the new Vicariate of Rome decree document on the Diocese of Rome and the traditional land. Man, he just got it totally wrong. You know, maybe I did. Maybe I, I really messed this show up. And I, when I read it, I got the whole thing wrong. But I think there are enough data points out there when we connect the dots that that gives us an interpretation or a signs of the times to realize what exactly is going on behind the curtain. And I think we all know what's going, even if you have never been to a Latin mass before and it's not your thing, all right, whatever. It's pretty obvious if you just look at the data points. I mean, even secular newspapers and magazines have written about it, that a primary goal, you know, in, within the top five goals of Francis in this pontificate is to reduce, restrict, undermine the traditional movement, if we can call it that. So what's our response? The great thing about it is, is we, you and I don't have to be popes or cardinals or bishops to fix it. We've already been told what to do. It's like a giant disaster that happens at home. Actually, no. It's a, another good one is, uh, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. George Bailey. There's the scene where... Uh, I'm going to kind of mess it up here. I should have prepared it better. But, you know, George kind of loses it. I wrote a blog post a while back called George Bailey Syndrome. I think every dad and mom has a George Bailey moment where you're trying so hard to do the right thing and have a family and a house, but your kid gets sick and there's a draft in the house and, you know, the things at work go bad and you're being in, for George Bailey, he's being investigated. He just kind of loses it, right? And he goes, he gets to drink, then he's going to go jump off the bridge and all that. Well, his wife, at a certain point, realized things are bad. And <laughs> it kind of even chokes me up. But she's like, should we go pray for daddy? The kid, she goes, yes, Tommy, go pray for daddy. That's where we're at right now. Mom here is the Blessed Mother, Our Lady of Fatima. And it's like, should we be praying right now? And she's like, yes, you need to start praying. And you need to pray the rosary. And you need to pray the rosary every blessed day of your life. And you need to never stop until the day you die. I hope to God that when I breathe my last breath, the last breath, I'm holding the blessed beads in my hand. I die with my weapon on my hand. Every single day you pray the rosary or you're not on the team. And I'm not going to apologize for saying that. The team here is not going to heaven. I'm not saying you're not going to heaven if you don't do it. The team here is not you're in the Catholic Church. The team is people who realize, hopefully right now there's a thousand of you watching, people who realize what has happened, what's going wrong, and just like in It's a Wonderful Life, should we pray for Daddy? Yes, Tommy, go pray for Daddy. And that's the team. If Mom says, "Go, yes, go pray, and here's what I want you to do. Go pray the rosary every day. Then we get our beads, and we pray the rosary every day. When I say, that's the team, that's the team. She defined the activity. Not a dad on, on a webcam on YouTube. 
on a Wednesday. No, that's her. Read the Bible every day. I'd recommend, especially for young men, I'm talking to young men right now, men under 25. Read the book of Proverbs. You got to read the whole book of Proverbs. That's going to teach you about women and debt and work and sloth and wisdom and prudence and making deals and avoiding certain kind of people. Everything you need, young women too. Let's put all. Let's put everybody in there, but especially young men, because a lot of young men don't have dads. I realize that. You need to sit and sit at the feet of wisdom, and that is the book of Proverbs. So there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. That's not an accident. Read one every day. If today's the 10th day, read chapter 10. It will take you a minute. You don't have a minute to read the Bible's wisdom teaching. And then after you get to day 31, it's the first of the month again, December 1st, Read Proverbs chapter 1. And do that, I would say, 20 to 50 times. Read the book of Proverbs 20, 50 times that way. And then also you need to read the Gospels. Everybody needs to be reading the Gospels. All right, that's a show. I'm going to cut another show after this, but I'm not going to release it. I'm going to release it on Friday. And it's going to be, Why do and should women wear veils at Mass? I get this question a lot. Uh, it's a sensitive question, and I don't want anyone to feel judged about it, but I am going to go through 1 Corinthians, where Paul teaches on it, and I am going to talk about Pope St. Linus, who also talked about it, and just go through the theology, and then I'm just going to present that theology and that devotion to all of you. I'm now speaking primarily to the women, and say, is this something you want to do? No judgment, no commandments. I'm just a dad with a webcam, but I am going to go through that. So if you want to be notified of that what do you got to do you got to subscribe to this podcast so hit the subscribe button and hit the bell to be notified and if you're on an iphone or tablet you have to turn notifications on for youtube or you won't get any of it so go ahead and subscribe and then if you like this video and you learned something please hit the thumbs up like this video if you're gonna do the thumbs down go pray a rosary instead and then please Share this video on Facebook or Twitter, and uh, I really appreciate it. You are my algorithm. All right, we're going to close within the heart of the Roman patrimony with the Hail Mary in Latin. So please pray with me, and I'll put it on the screen for you. It's the second prayer on the screen. Oremus. Nomini Patris et Fidei et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or Pronobis Peccatoribus, Nunc Retor Mortis Nostre. Amen. In nomine Patris et Fidei et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pray for our church. Do penance for our church. Teach your children the true faith. Find a good Mass and some good priests. Traditional Mass. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus every day. Read the Bible. Pray the Rosary. Go to confession. All of it. All of it. And until next time, remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed. Also, a welcome and a thank you to all the new 
Patreons. A bunch of Patreons signed up to support this channel and this show. If you'd like me to send you some signed books or take some online courses with me, whatever, go over to patreon.com forward slash drtaylormarshall and find out what other people are benefiting from as generous patrons of this channel. All right, God bless.